Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. There's a strong link between sports and medicine. If you're not at the top of your medical game, you can't play well. Or you just can't play. Welcome to Bruce the Sports Doc with medical expert Dr. Bruce Grossinger. This program looks at advances and breakthroughs in medicine and how it relates to sports. Plus, you'll receive preventative tips and analysis of sports injuries this week. Now, here's Bruce the Sports Doc. Of Bruce the Sports Doc, we have an exciting new list of sports this week not including football. And we're really getting to the meat of college basketball season, and I want to introduce you to my co-host, Spencer the Wizard. How you doing, guys? Well, what I want to talk about is an exciting game, five overtimes. I could say that I didn't see the six-overtime game, although I read about it and heard about it, but this is a game we watched deep into the night last night. Actually, I say last night. That deals with when we went to press. And Notre Dame had an incredible victory over the Louisville Cardinals. Yeah, um, just basically a group of unsung heroes for Notre Dame. You had Sherman, um, the senior who was put on the practice squad. This year, um, he used to be a starter on the team. Even Brennan from ESPN wrote up a great write-up write up on the game uh, yesterday. And uh, then you also had uh, Jeremiah Grant, I believe his name is. He scored 12 points in, uh, in 30 seconds. So that was kind of Tracy McGrady-like. That was pretty unbelievable. Actually, to be honest, when I saw that the game was a seven-point um, game... I actually turned on the Creighton game when I saw that that Louisville was winning by seven points. I flipped it to ESPN two because I assumed the game was over in the final minute. But Grant was getting and ones, hitting three pointers. Um, he just went on on a barrage of shots as I saw in the replay. And then I t- tuned into the uh, to the overtimes. It was just kind of incredible how each time it, the scoreboard had a chance to go to odd numbers. How. The, the the player at the foul line would split one out of two free throws and they would eventually add up to even numbers. Um, Louisville had a lot of chances to win and I thought Russ Smith should have passed the ball and looked for a better shot, looked for his teammates. Also, like, threw it into the interior. Bahannon was having an incredible game. I would have let him take one of the shots, try to hook shot, um, at least get the ball on the rim. Um to try to finish the deal instead of Russ just taking the ball. He's he's an extremely athletic player. You love the confidence that the kid has, but sometimes it's it's nice to let um, another player try to um, score the winning shot, especially if you've had a couple opportunities. Well, the thing that was impressive to me was the fact that Notre Dame never quit in the game. 
this guy Sherman, again, he's he's played on the team for four years. He hasn't had a lot of playing time. He made one of the most incredible shots at the end of the fourth overtime where he just basically batted the ball and it went right into the basket. And you looked at Rick Pitino and he just couldn't believe it. I mean, the, the, the demeanor of the two coaches was strikingly different. Rick Pitino was kind of exasperated. He was throwing water bottles. He just couldn't believe that his team couldn't get over the hump. And the Notre Dame coach was just smiling and just encouraging the players. The fans went crazy. And um, you just found yourself rooting for, for the big upset. And um, just five overtimes, like he said, they, they played two games. It was an incredible game to watch. I recommend that anybody watch the replay of this game because it was really sensational. Yeah. Notre Dame really showed a lot of heart in this game. I think Louisville's a more talented team. Peyton Siva fouled out of the game, which was huge. He's kind of their floor general for the uh, Louisville Cardinals. Notre Dame just has a lot of guys that really hustle. Um, Jack Cooley fouled out of the game. He's their star player. So for Notre Dame to uh, to just continue to fight, they did a great job driving the lane and putting up floaters and uh, and really putting up friendly uh, floaters, so to say, like where the ball gets a lot of arc on it and it, and they got a lot of rolls, and including that play at the end where that was just sure willpower you were talking about in the fourth overtime when they batted the ball in. That was just an incredible play, just pure heart and desire. And it was just great to see both teams just not wanting to quit. Um, just an incredible game in South Bend. One of the best Notre Dame basketball games ever. And in the Mike Bray era, I think it's his best win as a Notre Dame coach. And it, it reminded me of the game um, at, at Madison Square Garden in 2009. It was reminiscent of the Syracuse-Connecticut semifinal of the Big East Tournament. Um, I'm sure some of the listeners might remember where Eric Devendorf hit a three um, and he thought that the game was over, but and he went up on the scores table, was going wild, but then they called back the three, and then uh, the Huskies and the Orangemen went at it for six overtimes, but then Johnny Flynn, McNamara, the Syracuse Orangemen ended up winning that game. So that 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 in six overtime. So that game uh, was reminiscent again of that, um, and so just just an incredible night of basketball. Then you know Bruce college basketball right now. How great was that shot by um, Ben Brust of Wisconsin? You saw him on the run nail a forty a forty footer falling to his right. Explain that shot. Um, now, unless you want to go back and hi- highlight some more Notre Dame stuff, I mean, just an incredible weekend in college basketball. Well, that was just an incredible shot. That was the uh, the play of the day. He he basically was you know caught the ball. He was falling to the right. He just launched it, and it it, it went through as a perfect swish through the basket. And uh, we we saw Bo Ryan interviewed after the game. And uh, very likable coach, mo- you know, modest coach. And, you know, he, he just couldn't say enough about that shot. So an incredible weekend. When we look at college basketball, though, the story is how number one just can't hold the lead. That every time a team becomes number one, they end up losing. We saw Indiana has jockeyed around at the number one position. Michigan, you know, was at number one and lost. <clears throat> This this week we're going to serve to uh, preview 
the uh, the Hoosiers. We're actually going to be going uh, to a live coverage next weekend, next Saturday. We're going to see the Indiana Hoosiers at home against the Purdue Boilermakers. So Big Ten basketball in person, really exciting. We're excited, I should say. We are exciting sometimes, not always, <laughs> but we are excited that we will be taking our show on the road. We're hoping to get some interviews directly from the players pre and post game. No guarantees, but but Spencer is stoked for Big Ten basketball. Yeah, best conference in America this year. You have you have Michigan up there with Trey Burke and uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, and Nick Skouskis, so just a complete basketball team there, the Wolverines. And then today you had another nice matchup. You had Ohio State and Indiana, and Indiana avenged the Illinois loss by a great performance by Victor Oladipo. I think Oladipo's the most athletic kid in college basketball, and he just continues to get better each and every day. His jump shot mid-range game is really has improved and Indiana's just a very fun team. I'm excited to go to Assembly Hall, one of the best venues in all of college basketball. And then you also look in the Big Ten. You have Michigan State and Tom Izzo. So the coaches, Bo Ryan, Tom Izzo, Tom Crean, um, Fab Mata, and then the coach um, that used to coach West Virginia and the Pitts Noggles, uh, John Beeline at Michigan. So... The Big Ten, they they play great defense. Every possession is meaningful. In that conference this year, even teams like Illinois can really come out. Minnesota is streaky as well. So each team is capable of beating each other on each night, which really has um, a great conference feel to it. Next, And again, you bring up a great point of all the number ones going down. This week it looks like Duke is going to have their chance again at number one. NC State knocked them off last time, and it's pretty incredible. Five weeks where number one has fallen, so, you know, no one really wants to be number one. You know, how great is this NCAA tournament going to be? Because unlike last year where Kentucky and Anthony Davis was the clear-cut number one team, this year you have more, you have probably a group of 10 teams that can win it all and then you have some out of those 10 that are shaky and inconsistent and have dropped games they shouldn't no doubt about it certainly march madness is one of the highlights of the sports season we uh just the way we paused during the nba season uh and of course the nfl you you could look at it and uh you could see a lot a lot going on with the conferences Particularly the uh, the Big East seems like they might be splitting into um, seven Catholic universities, and there's rumor, all kinds of rumors about the dissolution of the Big East and about tracking around for other conferences. So um, a lot to talk about in college basketball. You also want to cover a lot of our listeners are in the Missouri Valley, and it's it's one of uh, Spencer's favorite passions is talking about the Missouri Valley. We feel that they have multiple teams that are going to be putting – that will be going into the big dance. So a little bit hoarse now. I appreciate your bearing with me this week. Um, I want to thank all the listeners. We'll be back in three minutes. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. 
or twitter.com forward slash voice America TRN. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports you are listening to bruce the sports doc with dr bruce grossinger if you have a question or comment about today's program please call in at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144 or send an email to bruce at BruceTheSportsDoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the next edition of Bruce the Sports Doc. I'm your host, Dr. Bruce Grossinger, and I'm a practicing neurologist and sports medicine doctor, and my offices are in Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware. If you're within the sound of my voice and you have a problem, either from a sports injury, work injury, or other traumatic injury involving the brain, or other structures, please give me a call. In Pennsylvania, 610-521-6063. In Delaware, 302-636-0920. We're all about college basketball right now. As we rumble into our second segment, we're going to take on the tightest conference in NCAA basketball. That is the Missouri Valley. we got three teams clustered at the top with Creighton, Wichita State and Indiana State. And we have an expert on the Creighton Blue Jays. That would be our own in-house analyst, Spencer the Wizard. Let's break it down. Thank you very much. Creighton, uh, I love talking about the Missouri Valley because uh, I really fell in love with it when I fell in love with the 2009 Northern Iowa team. I love um, obscurity. I love Understand. I love going into things that people from my area don't know, and in Pennsylvania, most people, especially in the Philadelphia area, don't really know about the Missouri Valley Conference, and that's why I like to really study it because uh, I think it's cool to know obscure things and obscure places. I mean, it's not that obscure. Of course, you have. I'm not 
knocking on their universities or anything. They're all top-notch universities and places, but not many people know about the Midwest from my area, especially Midwest basketball. So you have the Creighton Blue Jays, and they basically lost to um, the Redbirds, the Illinois State Redbirds, where Tyler Brown went off the other night for 30 points. The bottom line is that last year with Creighton, they had problems with individual scorers like um, Sims Edwards on Bradley, and Walt Lemon Jr., but but really Colt Ryan has always given them fits just coming off of ball screens. For the Evansville Aces last year at the CenturyLink Center, he dropped 45 points on Creighton, which was a CenturyLink record. So Creighton was really... Um, they, they they showed more heart this game. Illinois State is a very underrated team, a team that you don't want to play in St. Louis for Arch Madness. They have Jackie Carmichael, who I think is an NBA prospect, six foot eight, very talented. And then they have number two, um, who can really the lefty. Ah, the name right now is uh, not coming to mind, unfortunately, um, but. He's just he's just the king of the step back three pointer, and Illinois State is a very up tempo team. John Eakey, who's an experienced senior, can can shoot the three, and he was really playing Doug a very tough in the second half. You look at Creighton, and I think their biggest problem going forward, um, of course, this week they got blasted by the um, the Indiana State Sycamores, and I'll go into them a little while. But Creighton right now. They only have, they can't really get the ball into the lane. They're throwing it inside to Doug, and, and Doug's still producing post ups occasionally, individual points. But Gregory Enjanike is the X factor of this team. He needs to get hungrier. He needs to get inside. He needs to start finishing his layups, which he hasn't done. He's gone on spurts where four minutes he gives great minutes, and in four minutes he doesn't. You got to credit Will Artino. He's really stepped up. Um, and he's filled the void that they needed because Enjanike can't play the whole game. But the problem with Creighton is they don't have enough guys who can drive into the lane. And when Creighton is hitting threes, they're getting out on the break. They're having Grant Gibbs, who's kind of the straw that stirs the drink for the team. He's penetrating the lane, kicking the shooters. Right now, teams are finding out that if they stop Gibbs and Austin Chapman, the two guards on this team that can drive, they're really good on the three-point shooters. A thing I'd love to see with Creighton is I'd love to see Avery Dingman, a kid out of Branson, Missouri, who used to dunk the ball in high school, ran ran the fast break, and was absolutely a ball hawk in high school, um, a kid who can get into the lane, play razzle-dazzle basketball, shake kids off the dribble. Coach McDermott has really centered him into just like a turret on the outside, just shooting threes. He's limited his touches, and every time Avery t- gets the ball, he mostly just just gets it and then instantly passes it. I'd love to see Avery even bring up the ball and just like try to attempt to get into the lane and 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 if Avery can get into the lane and kick the shooters he's a very good passer of the basketball so i would have him drive at least take the ball to the foul line i'd love to see Manigod do this as well take the ball into the lane to the foul line and when the defense converges you kick that's the way that you get shooters open not by just standing around the perimeter passing the ball to each other you have to swing it and play inside out basketball that helps with Gregory being more aggressive and then I'd love to see Avery and then Jahan's Managa drive and be more aggressive with driving and kicking 
Now, people are saying, oh, Grant Gibbs is really turning the ball over lately. He's not the same. Well, the key, I like how Grant Gibbs is still playing because he's he's the guy that you're going to live and die with, with dribbling the basketball out and making plays. He's he's the catalyst for this offense, and if he's gonna and if he's trying to make a play, and even if the pass gets intercepted, you shouldn't worry about statistics that often. Creighton just has to be more aggressive on the offensive end. They're an offensive team, and then on defense, they just have to double team shooters like Tyler Brown that are hot. Continue to play team defense and continue to work hard. I think also it's unfortunate in the Missouri Valley because they're not a power six conference like the Big Ten. Like Creighton, Wichita State, and Indiana State, the teams at the top of the league, most of the teams they play, if they lose, it's considered a huge upset and a huge knock to their RPI. Like if if um if Indiana State lost to um to Southern Illinois this past week, um, or, or on Saturday, it would have been a huge knock against them. So it's hard to get motivated when you play um, in a conference where a lot of the teams are getting underrated because it's hard to go in the Missouri Valley and win. It's hard to go to into Carbondale, Peoria, Des Moines, um, you know, Springfield. It's hard to go into these towns and win a basketball game. And unfortunately, if you win – you don't you only get the credit of winning you don't get the credit from the outside sources saying wow that's a huge win for you guys it's kind of like the norm to to win in the valley for for teams like Creighton Wichita and Indiana State so that could be a knock on their motivation um because they're not really getting rewarded by the public again for winning a game like that um though it's pretty much a lose-lose situation if you lose you're going to get down you're going to get get knocked by the big time media they're going to say how could you lose to a team like Missouri State well it's hard to go on the road in conference where teams know you like the back of your hand and and continue to win games on the road in any conference schedule the grind is going to get up to you and if you win a, a tough road game the public's just going to look at you and say, oh, they barely won. That's, that's just what they're supposed to do. You know, look at this team. I haven't even heard of it. So that also has to do with the psyche of the league. Well, certainly uh, nobody knows more about Missouri basketball than you. But uh, my observations about Creighton, firstly, <clears throat> it just seems like they have lost their energy. Um, they didn't seem very confident in that game against Indiana State. Enjanike really was quiet. Great Gibbs, you know, sh- you know, hit two three-pointers at the end of the game. He's really a clutch player. Unfortunately, he's got bad knees. This is his last year. But he's certainly the heart and soul of the team. But, but looking at the schedule, taking a step back, we got two teams with 20 wins. So as far as the tournament selection committee, you got Creighton and Wichita State, I believe, are both going to make the tournament. Again, Indiana State, who's tied in the conference, 16 wins, 8 losses. I think they're outside the bubble right now. And Creighton is known as an excellent academic school. They've got Doug McDermott, Player of the Year candidate. In my view, it seems like they're kind of – he's kind of bottled up down low. He's, he's playing a lot of low posts. In the last couple of years, it seemed like he was, he was out hitting more three-point shots. He was more mobile. I think they need to move him around. I just think – this offense, you know, needs to be a little bit more mobile. In the defense, they they do need 
to, to box out a little better and they need to rebound a little bit better. Indiana State was was draining all their shots and when when a team like that is raining threes, you're going to lose. So Creighton still is the number one rated team in the nation for three-point shots. So let's not underestimate it. We watch them a lot, but uh, Creighton's right there for the tournament. Yeah, I mean, I think Doug McDermott still having an, still one of the best players in the whole conference. I think that the offense does a great job of, of moving him around. I still think his street point percentage is up. He's still playing at an extremely high level. It's just unbelievable how he cre- creates contact. He can go to the line, and the guy is just a it just wor- is a workhorse for every point. And he's a great lesson the kids out there. Um, Doug McDermott, as a junior in high school, was coming off the bench, um, and he did only have one D1 scholarship, and that was um, from Albany. So um, his dad, Greg McDermott, was coaching at Iowa State. He wasn't even looking into his son to, um, again, like recruit him to, to for his Iowa State team. But then Doug McDermott continued to work, continued to have that drive, and I think that Harrison Barnes from Ames, Iowa. Um, but Doug McDermott um, just he he went to um, you know high school, Ames, Iowa high school, one of the best teams in all of Iowa basketball in 2010, uh, 2008, with Harrison Barnes uh, winning back to back state championships. Um, I think Harrison pushed him because Harrison got all the accolades. He 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 announced going to UNC um, on Skype with Roy Williams. He got all the attention. Doug was just the side story of that team, and I think Doug really wanted to be the man. And he had that chip on his shoulder. He he he's he's the hardest worker on the team. He went to the LeBron James Skills Academy and the Amari Stoudemire one. He's learned the dribble, jab, step, put up shots. Um, and again, this Creighton team. Um, is a team that wants to get to St. Louis, their veteran leadership, Grant Gibbs, who's going to be a coach someday, the, the most intelligent player in college basketball. I think they'll be okay. Indiana State, even though they're 16-8, and eight, they're very close to that bubble line. Huge win over Miami right now in Hawaii at the beginning of the year. That win continues to get better and better as the Miami Hurricanes and Jim Laranaga, they're it, they're closing in on the top 10, so that's a great win. Ole Miss, Indiana State beat Wichita State in Wichita. Are you kidding me? In the in the octagon there at Cook Arena um, in Wichita. What a tough place to play with those rabid fans um, out there in Wichita, Kansas. So Indiana State, Jake Odom and this team just was locking on all cylinders. That game Wednesday that I saw them play that um, in Terre Haute, um, also known as Teradice, Indiana. Um, Jake Odom is one of the best players in this league. You knew as a freshman growing up as a hometown local boy in Terre Haute, you knew he would be a special player um, as Jordan Printy and that team got to the tournament a couple years ago. But he was, um, Indiana State just out-hustled Creighton in that game, rebounding their own boards, pushing the rock, and uh, number two stroking the ball, and uh, they were getting to the basket. So, um Again, just a lot of just a lot of Missouri Valley basketball talk. We were just kind of throwing everything out there. Um, I hope you really got some knowledge on this conference. You should really check them out. They just really play a proper brand of basketball, a brand of basketball, and um, they pass the ball and they're and they and they're loyal to their programs. These kids stay four years, really well coached, defensive minded league. And I'll look out for the Missouri Valley uh, bids come uh, come tournament time.
Well, we gave you a comprehensive update. You got <clears throat> you got the doctor with um, the hoarse voice here. I want to let you know we've got two great segments coming up where it's going to be chock full of sports medicine, a lot of knowledge for the players, coaches, and parents alike. So stay tuned for two more exciting segments of Bruce the Sports Doc. We want to thank Ray Ellis, the director, as well as Jeff Spinard, the owner, the the man, the grand poobah himself. And we're really having a great year here at Bruce the Sports Doc. We want to thank all of our listeners. Stay tuned. We'll be back in three minutes. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine. Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Listen to the women's side of the fitness industry on Fitness RX Radio. If you're looking to stay healthy and look great or are getting ready to compete athletically, this is the show for you. We'll look at competitions from the inside out, bring you fitness tips, nutrition to keep you on top of your game, and so much more. We want to hear from you, too, and we'll take your questions by phone or email. Tune in to Fitness RX Radio, airing every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Look and feel your best. We some hard hitters. We some hard hitters. Hard Hitting Radio is a new kind of sports and entertainment show. Your hosts are NFL veterans Mark McMillan and co-host Byron Evans. It's an hour of hater-free radio every week. You'll hear interviews with top athletes, celebrities, coaches, and fans. It's humor, hits, and conversation. Hard Hitting Radio is on with McMillan and Evans. Listen Fridays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Network. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need to bitch his ass and then move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome to the next segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're dealing with a very important area now, which will be injuries to the low back. This could relate to your sports injuries or other types of trauma, such as falls at work or car accidents. This is an area of extreme expertise for Grossinger Neuropaid Specialist. If you are within driving distance of the sound of my voice and you have a low back problem, whether it be a disc, whether it be a spinal cord injury, whether it be a car accident or a work accident, please call us for consultation, 610-521-6063. Again, I'm Dr. Bruce Grossinger. Let's start out with the types of injuries in the low back. I like to think of three different main injuries in the low back that are serious. Number one, injuries to the discs, okay? And they include bulging, protruding, or traumatic discs. That's when the inner core, which is the nucleus pulposus, essentially ruptures and breaks through the outer part, which is called the annulus fibrosis. Excuse the Latin. And what happens when a disc breaks out is it moves into an area where a nerve lives, a nerve root. In Latin, the word root is called radic. So when there is a disc problem or a bone spur which presses into a nerve root in the spine, or alternatively, if there is a tremendous force, particularly a flexion and extension force to the spine, that could actually tear or partially tear the nerve cables. The nerve cables are oriented such that there's an inner cable, which is like the inner part of a wire, that's called the axon, and there's an outer cable, which is called the myelin. So, we've talked about different injuries. One, disc injury. That's one type of injury. Another type of injury is direct trauma to the nerve, stretching or pulling. If the nerve actually gets pulled out of the spinal column, that's called an avulsion. That leaves somebody with a flaccid limb, either an arm or leg, and total weakness. A nerve root avulsion, regrettably, is a very serious problem that's very difficult to treat. Another problem with the lumbar spine is called the facet syndrome. That is, the interconnecting joints are called facets. And in the same area, there are little nerves called median branches. And what happens is, there's injury to those joints and those nerves, and there's usually multiple levels of injury. So our treatment usually involves treating multiple levels, a three on average. So when you have a patient that comes in and tells you, I have back pain, morning stiffness, and you examine them, and they have tenderness overlying the facet joints, that's what we call a facet syndrome. When Tiger Woods injured his neck last year, he did not herniate a disc but he had a cervical facet syndrome. He required treatment for that problem and eventually recovered. So when we think about it, we look at the back. In the midline area, we see midline discs and nerves. We also think about the facets, which is a vertically oriented group of multi-level nerves and joints. Finally, it's separate and distinct, something called the sacroiliac joint. When the pain is either on one side or both sides, unilateral or bilateral. And when I put my finger right on what we call the dimples of the back, otherwise known as the sacroiliac joint, the posterior superior iliac spines, and there's extreme tenderness there. 
or alternatively, if there's unleveling, when I look at it carefully, if one of the sacroiliac joints is way higher than the other, I think about something called sacroiliac joint syndrome. Sacroiliac joint syndrome, how does it compare with the other entities? It typically does not radiate down into one or both legs. It's not radiating in character. It's not a radiculopathy. That's the Latin word. Also, it's usually in a different area. It doesn't go up the spine. It doesn't affect multiple levels. It basically is such where you put your finger on the SI joint, there's pain. And there's also two other tests called the Patrick's test, wherein you do a maneuver to the hip and the leg, and also something called a Lasagne's test, which is another provocative test we do in the office. When those tests are positive, they can support the diagnosis of sacroiliac dysfunction. Well, how do you treat sacroiliac dysfunction? Number one, anti-inflammatories, muscle relaxers, physical therapy, myofascial treatment, even gentle manipulation, either osteopathic manipulation or chiropractic manipulation. And also, we do both diagnostic and therapeutic injections. In the operating room, we do this in neuropain specialists. We take a needle, we place it down an x-ray beam directly at the SI joint, and we inject a powerful anti-inflammatory and local anesthetic agent. When that relieves the pain, that's a positive diagnostic test, and there's also a therapeutic component. We usually do up to three injections in the sacroiliac area. Okay, let's go back to diagnosis number one, disc injuries, lumbar root injuries. How do we treat that? So how do we treat herniated discs? Number one, at the core is a good clinical exam. There are rare cases that represent true surgical emergencies. When somebody has an acute injury to their disc, they herniate it, and they develop an inability to pass urine, or they develop constipation, that is a true emergency. That indicates the likelihood of a spinal cord involvement, or what we call a cauda equina syndrome. That's a big word in Latin. Cauda equina relates to the horse's tail. In that case, we send him to an immediate surgeon who usually does a decompression. They remove the disc with or without a fusion to stabilize the spine. That's unusual, however. 95% or greater, we start off conservatively. Anti-inflammatory medicines, muscle relaxers, physical therapy, rest, stretching, second-tier treatment. We do epidural injections in our office. That means in an operating room, we place a needle at the level of the disc, above or below it. We inject corticosteroids, local anesthetic agents. We usually do two or three of these injections over a period of four to six weeks. In our hands, the epidural injections have a 70% chance of significantly impacting on the patient's problem. They don't remove the disc, but they usually can induce a relative remission, and they allow the patient to continue their activities. So, review. Disc injuries. Unless there's a true surgical emergency, we use physical therapy, medicines, injections. We also believe gentle mobilization, which can be done by a physical therapist or can be done safely by a chiropractic physician, are very important tools in the treatment 
of lumbar disc injuries. We talked about sacroiliac dysfunction, pain in the butt, literally, and these problems are treated by medicine, mobilization, and injections directly to the sacroiliac joint. The way we do our injections, we use a special x-ray machine called a fluoroscope, so we have actual pictures of the needle, we can see where the medicine is going, and we can follow that up and we can share that with the patient. I believe at the core of the treatment of low back injuries is good communication, interaction between the doctor and the patient. And again, we can see low back injuries at a host of scenarios. We can see them from car accidents, work injuries, and particularly in the sporting environment. Oftentimes, it's a twist, it's an acceleration, it's a deceleration, it's a slip and fall. We see it a lot in the wintertime. Black ice, head over heels, I landed on my back. And when they come to us, we have to decide whether it's a serious neurological injury. Another class of back injuries are the non-serious variety, what we call the simple strain and sprain, soft tissue injuries. These injuries get better, typically in four to six weeks. They require no formal um, injections or surgical treatment. They often don't require even CAT scans or MRIs. They usually get better with rest, anti-inflammatory medicines, something called a medrol dose pack, which is a methyl prednisolone pack over five days, gentle physical therapy, chiropractic care, and time. So if it's a simple low back strain, they get better. However, we see so many patients who are told by their doctors or by whomever, don't worry about it, you have a simple strain. They go ahead and they get evaluated. They get a careful exam by a neurologist. We find they need MRIs. And it turns out that they fall in the other category of the more serious big three. Lumbar disc injuries, nerve injuries, that's one category. Lumbar facet injuries and sacroiliac injuries. We're going to reinforce this particular discussion on future dialogues with you, the listener at Voice America Sports. This concludes this segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. I will continue to help you journey through Nerveland, Dr. Bruce Grossinger. I thank you so much for listening. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Dr. Bruce Grossinger is a board-certified neurologist and managing partner of Grossinger Neuropain Specialist. Serving the Philadelphia and Wilmington, Delaware areas in the fields of sports medicine, pain management, interventional spinal surgeries, and occupational medicine, Dr. Bruce is the director of the National Sports Concussion Program and works as a senior medical advisor for the National High School Coaches Association. We're involved in the propagation of increased safety measures in all levels of sports participation to render the games safer in terms of brain and spinal injury. 
injuries. This involves education of athletes, parents, trainers, coaches, and administrators at the amateur and professional levels. Clinical consultations and treatment can be scheduled directly with Dr. Grossinger at 610-521-6063. Visit Dr. Bruce online at brucethesportsdoc.com. Again, for consultations and treatment, call 610-521-6063 or visit brucethesportsdoc.com. Lockdown coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Bruce the Sports Doc with Dr. Bruce Grossinger. If you have a question or comment about today's program, please call in at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to bruce at brucethesportsdoc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome to the newest segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. We're going to get back to our usual friend, the closed head injury, the concussion. I'm here with an actual live patient. We'll call him Steve S. We like to maintain his confidentiality. But Steve is a very wonderful guy who had a very bad thing happen to him. In May of this year, he was involved in an accident where his head was jolted around. He had an acceleration and deceleration, and he suffered a severe concussion. Steve is with us today, and what we're going to hear from him is his experience with respect to his symptomatology, and uh, he, he has participated in impact testing, and he's noted a host of symptoms. So firstly, Steve, I wanted to welcome you to the program. We're here on Voice America Sports, and you know me as Dr. Grossinger, but I'm Bruce the Sports Doc. I wanted to say, Steve, welcome to the show. Uh, thanks for having me. Um, my, my experience has been that, um, I, uh, I have trouble, um, recalling, uh, what you, what I, I might've been doing in conversation or what I've read or, um, even what I'm supposed to do without making lists and reminders and things like that. And then, uh, just the headaches have been really bad to the point of, causing me to be nauseous or even vomiting it sometimes um i I get dizzy sometimes and the injections help for a little while but um i i uh i'm kind of suffering kind of this has been going on for a while but um i'm hoping that as time goes on uh, that things will improve well i wanted to thank you for that initial description of your symptoms Looking at your impact score, Steve, um, you're very symptomatic, as you indicated. Some of the biggest problems relate to your headaches, your nausea. Uh, you've been having difficulty with processing. And what I, and I want to also 
what, what, I, what I try to stress is certain areas, headaches, cognitive processing, and sleep are areas that are very difficult. And I wanted to talk, have you tell our audience a bit about your sleep problem. Um, I, I, I have another injury that causes me uh, problems as well, but I've had uh, the biggest difficulty with just getting to the onset of sleep and then when I finally do sleep, it's 4 or 5 in the morning and I'm back up helping my wife get the kids out the door. And uh, then I'm sleepy during the day and uh, it, it, it's, it's kind of a vicious cycle where it, it, um, I, I feel like I'm not um, able ever to really catch up, I guess. Steve underwent impact testing and this is very instructive. His first impact test post-injury was on 6-29-2011, which was uh, six weeks after his concussion on May 16th. His initial scores with the various composites were literally in the one percentile for the four parts, which were verbal memory, visual memory, his motor speed, and his reaction time. So his cognitive efficiency index was 0.06, which is considered a low score, and then it was below 0.2. He had some time, some treatment, and essentially a month later, which is 7-29-2011, today, he has gone up in some areas dramatically. That is, his verbal memory has gone from 1% to 11%, his motor speed went from 1% to 5%, and his reaction time is up to 4%. Still in the borderline area, which is lower than... So just to recap, he spontaneously has improved, and that is often the case with concussions, but he's still in some ways in the low normal range, and his biggest problem is with visual memory. So as far as him being able to read and retain, that would be a tough area. Also... We talked about his headaches. So how have we treated his headaches? We've used some occipital injections, which means injecting him in the back portions of his head. So, Steve, tell us a bit about your response to the injections. Um, the, inje- the injections help for um, a little bit of time. Usually I've had them like once a week, and by the time I come back, it's, it's time for another one. Um, usually a lot of the times I've... Uh, uh, aggravated things with some of the physical therapy that I'm doing for uh, my shoulder injury and just kind of uh, moving my neck the wrong way. Um, but it, it does, it, it helps considerably in stopping the onset of the headaches. Now, I think it's important for the listening audience to realize that before your concussion, uh, and, and of course now you're still a very intelligent guy, but your job is to do various consultation things, and that involves having to multitask, to deal with people, to be articulate. And since your concussion, I know that you're frustrated about how you're performing. Could you tell us a bit about your, what you're experiencing f- from the concussion, how it impacts whenever you try to do something resembling your prior work? Well, um, I, I, I did some technical transfer work um, in the, for the pharmaceutical industry. But my primary job was a, as an AP chemistry teacher, and um, I, I, since May 16th, I, I was unable to focus 
and um, do any of the work. So I, I've been out on on long-term disability. I didn't teach summer school or um, um, I haven't tutored anyone over the summer just to, until I uh, kind of recoup my uh, my ability to focus on what I need to do. Well, I think that relates directly to how we're treating Steve. Uh, we talked earlier, actually last week, about how there are no medicines that have been studied long enough and well enough that have been shown statistically to help people with concussions. So what we're doing now is empiric treatment. Uh, he is getting a combination analgesic for his headaches. He's receiving occipital injections, just to let the audience know. These are injections at the interface between his head and neck. And what we're doing is we're also prescribing something which is a neurostimulant, which is called Adderall. And we started him off on 10 milligrams because I'm really concerned. Here's a guy who's a high-functioning guy who's done work in the past as a consultant who's basically totally disabled from working as a chemistry teacher. So here's a really bright guy. And any of you who remember high school, and I being a doctor, I can tell you chemistry is certainly one of the most complicated areas. Basically, it really takes into account a lot of visual spatial ideas. It also has a lot of mathematics. It's really a lot of algebraic formulas and physical formulas. There's a lot of physics and chemistry. You can't really... You can't really understand chemistry without understanding physics, really. So here's a guy who, whose job is to teach, you know, uh, adults, teenagers, kids, chemistry, and he just can't do it. You can imagine how frustrated he is. So firstly, uh, I'm, I'm going to continue with some of the discussion, but I want to thank Steve for participating in the show. Thank you so much, Steve. Well, you're very much welcome. Thanks for having me. So we've got Steve on his way. But I think it's very important for you to realize that concussions don't play favorites. They happen to everybody, young and old, every race, every creed, every color. And people can start off being ex extremely intelligent and accomplished like Steve. Some people start off, unfortunately, they might have some pre-existing problems like a learning disability or attention deficit. And you can imagine we, we add the concussion into the mix and it, it really causes problems. So if we look at Steve, we, we look at his symptom complex, we can see how symptomatic he really is. He's still graded to be a 6 in headache with nausea and vomiting. He still has a 6 out of 6 in falling asleep. Relatively good with respect to his vision. That is zero. That means he hasn't had a problem with the brainstem area or his optic nerves, or his occipital part of the brain, which is the back part of the brain. So that's, that's a good thing. And emotionally speaking, he's at a pretty even keel with a little bit of sadness and frustration, which is natural when you lose your ability to work, when you require many treatments to see doctors, and when you require medications. And before this concussion, he was formally extremely healthy. So in any event, you've now understood what it's like to be in the doctor's office to actually interview a patient and to go over the impact testing, which is software developed at the University of Pittsburgh. Kudos go to Dr. Mickey Collins and his staff for developing and servicing the software and allowing us to utilize it. And we're happy to certainly uh, speak about that software today. So I want to thank you all for listening to this segment of Bruce the Sports Doc. 
Thanks for joining the discussion this week on Bruce the Sports Doc. Tune in next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time for another edition with Dr. Bruce Grossinger on the Voice America Sports Channel. We'll see you then. We'll see you then.